But hello there, deal makers, and welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. Like always, let's get ready to own it. Our guest today is one half of the Kwok Brothers. They're real estate investors and hold just a little over four and a half million dollars worth of real estate. They also have a rapidly growing YouTube community. Stick around to hear Sam's story. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. Those of you guys that want to get involved in a real estate investment, but don't want to go through all the trouble of actually owning it yourself, fixing toilets, having employees, you can partner up with Nighthawk Equity and we'll do it all for you. And all you have to do is sit back, watch her for your reports and collect your checks. It's true mailbox money. So to get involved and figure out how you can participate in this, join our investor club, go to nighthawkequity.com and click the join button. And then you can get involved into one of our passive deals as just so long as you're a correct fit for us. So we do uh, build relationships with everyone and make sure that it is a right fit to partner. But if you're interested, check us out, nighthawkequity.com. So uh, shout out today for David Lynn 2 via Apple Podcasts. David says, this is one of the best real estate podcasts. I've learned so much from Michael and Garrett. Thank you, David. I want to also talk about DealMaker Live, guys. If you haven't picked up your tickets, please do so. It's June 2 to 4. And we're going to have some amazing speakers. Damon John will be the keynote at that event. So pick up your tickets, dealmakerlive.com. So Sam Kwok is a real estate investor, entrepreneur, coach, and an author. He's one half of the Kwok brothers. He recognized a huge problem in the property asset management space. Coming from a tech and marketing background, he's able to help property managers automate their business. So let's dig into Sam's story. He's got some amazing advice around how to fast track your way to skill set and a lot of the cool things. Sam, welcome to the show today. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Garrett, for having me. Yeah, so you have an extremely interesting story. And I I love to see that, you know, what you've created. It looks like you've uh, worked with your brother quite a bit. But how did you get started in the business? Talk to us a little bit about how you got into it. Yeah. So we got started in the business of real estate back in 2014. And when I say got started, it was more of a decision of, hey, we want to get into real estate, right? So everyone says, oh, I got started in real estate, but it's really, you know, we decided to, and, and we're, we're, we were struggling pretty hardcore for like the first three years. I think it's just, it's one of those things where it's kind of like when you flail a lot, like in the first three years, like, and you find that traction and it hits, like you start building momentum. That's, that's what, you know, that's where you kind of take off. But 2014, I was still in school, meaning I was still in college. Uh, I just got back from the military. So it was my brother and I were sitting in the, the dorm room and we read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? By Robert Kiyosaki. And I think everyone who has ever been in real estate or has thought about going into real estate has read that book. So we read the book and this is like the first time we've even heard of this whole idea of buying apartment buildings 
buying single family houses, renting it out, creating income, and it's like completely passive, right? Meaning I don't have to get up in the morning, go to nine to five to collect a paycheck. And that was very attractive to me. And I was 22 at the time. And, you know, the whole idea of just being able to sit around my couch, play PlayStation all day and collect rent was like, that was like a dream to me, right? I'm like, if I can do that for the rest of my life, I am set for life, right? I don't have to go to work, just sit around, play video games, and that's that's it. That's that's I'll how just, it works, isn't it? It's that's it. You know, just go to the mailbox, you get, you get passive the income, mailbox <laughs> money, play PlayStation. Yeah. That's it. You know, 22, right? What do you know, right? You you really like that's when you're 22, you're really motivated by I just need food, I need the girls, I, I need to be able to play my PlayStation, and that was it. Like that that was the only motivation you. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have family. You don't have, you know, obligation or anything like that, or you don't really have a bigger purpose or most people don't. And so, <laughs> so that was like my motive, right. Of, of wanting to get into real estate. And, you know, we've done the whole court, you know, went bought courses, 10 to seminars, webinars, YouTube videos, books. I mean, you name it. We, we've done it all. But I think the one pivotal moment was we found someone in our local area that had hundreds of, you know, hundreds of units, really successful in real estate. And long story short, we sat down to do lunch with them. And I said, Hey, I want to work for you for free. I can do some social media work for you. You know, stuff that I, I know as a 22 year old. And I basically got to work for this guy for free, sat in his office, just watch what he did, pay attention. And I think the other like micro pivotal moment was I, through the power of social media, found deals uh, on Facebook. That got his attention and he's like, okay, there's there's something here with this guy that he knows how to find deals. So it's then where I started to learn uh, concepts like, okay, how, how do I go actually, actually go raise capital, raise money to go fund deals? And I saw him do that. I saw him raise or negotiate for owner financing, this whole idea of not having to go to a traditional bank to get financing. And so when I put those two, two together, this idea of Going and buying properties without using your credit or getting a mortgage, because that was the, that was one of our, our biggest challenge, right? Was not being able to qualify for a mortgage as a 23-year-old kid. And then not having money, being able to go use other people's money and raise capital to go buy assets. I mean, you marry, marry those together, it's like I've unlocked unlimited amount of deals I can do. As long as I have the right deals, right potential, right profit potential, and right partners, I could do it, I could do whatever deal I want. And then that all prompted me to start uh, a YouTube channel where I started sharing content, whatever I was learning out there. And that sparked the growth there for YouTube channel. So that's really how I started was just eating dirt for the first three years and just, you know, flailing as much as I can, finding traction and, and working for free. And that was it. So I'm curious when you, you started, you were basically, you know, trying to find your way in that first three years, what was the point where you were finally like, you know what, I'm going to try to get some help from someone that's already done this. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of on accident. I knew I needed help. You know, you can only go so far with, you know, courses and YouTube videos, podcasts, you can, you can get and amass a large amount of head knowledge, but once it hits your heart, it's like, you can see it, right. You, you can see all the pieces and you can see the, the structure and the blueprint behind everything. But honestly, I don't know. It was kind of an accident. Like I'm not the one to say I, got, I, I figured it out or I know everything. That's and this is a, a really great tip for all your listeners out there. Is if you want to learn something or you, you want to master something or get good at something, find someone who's already really good at it and pay them boatload of money to teach you how to do it. That's that's really the shortcut. And even today, like when I try to figure something out, I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do this. 
I know what I want, but like, I, I don't know how to get there. I'm not asking for how I'm asking for who, like, who do I know? And who, like, who, you know, who, I, who do I need to know to get this pro like for me to get this problem out of the way? So yeah, I, I don't know if I had, if I can pinpoint to like one specific moment or one specific thought that led me to wanting to get help, but I know I, I just needed help. Yeah. So you're kind of in the right place, the right time. You're like, listen, I've been banging my head against the wall for a while. Right. So an opportunity came around. You're like, all right, how do we utilize this to get me where I need to go? And, and I actually relate to that a lot because I actually went to work for somebody that had a thousand apartments mm-hmm. and I actually worked for them as their, as the job. And I, and I only worked there for six months and I figured it out probably in the first three. And then, yeah. and, and we were like, oh, that's how you do it. And so once I was my, my uh, business partner at the time, my ex-business partner, and I both worked for this guy and we're like, I think we think we can do this better. We have all the resources there. We mm-hmm. just need to know how to put it together. So, yeah. you know, I say out there, people that are trying to get in their foot in the door, you know, aside from networking and doing all those things, if you're just like, listen, I want to just get into this. I don't think there's a better way to learn than it. You can actually have someone pay you to learn from them yeah. and understand the business. That's not a bad gig or at least, or pay them. Like Sam said, to kind of take you under their wing and, and get yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So. In my case, I, I just, I worked for free, you know, and, and sure. I was happy to do it. So hundred percent yeah, and it, and it paid off big time. So, okay. So you get in with this guy, then you start now, what does it look like for you? So you, you start to get into the business, you start to do seller financing deals what, you know, was it straight into multifamily? Did you just dabble with single family? What did that, what did the beginning look like for you? Yeah. So, you know, early on, our first deal was for single family portfolio. So through my social media knack, you know, if you will, found the seller, actually the seller reached out to me. So what I did, I remember uh, I, I went out on Facebook and in these like local garage sale, like groups, all I posted was, Hey, I'm a local real estate investment area. I'm looking for contractors. You know, if you are handy, I'm looking for you, right? And and at the time, I didn't have any deals at all. But what I was trying to do is I was trying to assemble a team, right? I was trying to assemble my contractors, property managers, accountants, attorneys, the whole nine yard. And I just basically put myself out there. And the seller found me on the garage sale group and DM'd me, uh, direct messaged me, and said, "Hey, you know, I, I see that you're a real estate investor in the area. I have." 16 properties I want to sell, you know, here are the list of properties. You know, if you have any interest, please let me know. Right. So got the list, looked at the property, did some analysis on it. And I'm like, hey, there might be some really good potential here. And so we we drove down to the area, met with the sellers, saw some of the properties. And I mean, the, I mean, these properties were like 30, 40 grand each. I mean, you know, in Illinois, right? Like you go down, you go down to the boondocks and you, you'll find oh, was 30, it was it like South Side, West Side stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went you know out. What it, and, what's crazy is yeah. I actually, this is so similar to, so guys, just for you, those of you that are listening, we were just chatting a little bit before the show. And I found out that his office is in my hometown where I grew yeah. up, like five minutes away from where I grew up. Yeah. I don't live in in uh, Illinois anymore. I live in Arizona. So it's really weird. But yeah, um, my start was like this, <laughs> the same five binding portfolios of these things. So yeah, they're like 30, 40 K for these single families and that, dude, they're in the bad start, areas. Man. Oh yeah. yeah. But that's how you start. You get yeah. all the crazy stories, get, oh, get yeah. it out of the way. Right. You, I mean, you know, I, I remember walking through one of these properties and I thought like it was terrible. Cause like it was garbage everywhere. Like it's the smell was terrible dirt everywhere on the wall. And I think 
I, I, I don't know for sure, but there was an evidence of like a newborn like sleeping on a mattress that like had roaches and like bed bugs everywhere. And I had to call DCFS because I'm like, this is not like you should, like no kid should be living this. And so I remember going through that and like paid ridiculous amount of money, like five grand to clean everything. It was it was terrible. It was bad. But no, that's how like that's how we got started. And we ended up only buying four because we just kind of want to kind of test the area out. Did it on owner financing, 10% down, which even the 10% down we raised the money for from a family friend. And that that's the start. And then started cash flowing around 600 bucks. And what's crazy is that, I mean, it's not much, but I think that gave me the confidence to go, okay, we did this. Let's do it again. And we just kept repeating. So we went from a four unit and bought another single family, bought a three unit, a four unit. And then we got bored, bought a, a, a 36 unit and then a 24 unit and then an E unit. And then, yeah. I mean, was, it all, it, was this all Southwest side Chicago? No. So the first deal we've done was South. Actually, the first eight, eight units we've done was Southwest and South side of Chicago. And I'm talking about like the south, south suburb, not in within Cook County. Sure, uh, for, sure. for those knowing where that, where that is, and then we went, we started doing like Aurora, and then like West, and so yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how that works out, but that's the story. And so 2017 was the year where we we, we had a breakout year. We went from having no properties to having over 75 rental doors in just one year, just like strictly using seller financing and raising capital. That's all we did. Um, that's cool. And just kept doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, it, and Sam's in a market, by the way, Chicago is a tough market for apartment complexes because a lot of them like Dallas or Houston or so, some of these other, a lot of other markets, Atlanta, there are apartment complexes that exist all the way, you know, from, you know, one, two, a duplex all the way up to infinity. And you don't have that kind of inventory in Chicago. It's different. It's like two, three flats, portfolios. And so you got kind of started where I got started. And eventually we were just like, there's just not the inventory in the suburbs out here that we thought we have to go elsewhere. But there is, you know, in that part of the country, there's people more open to seller financing type deals. And so yeah. we found the same thing. I, I literally could, I don't think I could have gotten started any closer to the way Sam just describing we're like uh, investor brothers here. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. You're going to have Same. to add me into the, the quad brothers. Soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, that's where we got started. And now, I mean, we're, we're back, we're kind of back in the game. We, we sold uh, a lot of our properties just because the market got so hot. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I was telling Garrett before the show, like, we know somebody who bought properties like $300,000 a unit. I'm like, ugh, like, I, I, like, I hope the cap rate, cap rate works on that. But like, my goodness, man, like it, it's crazy hot right now. So, but at the same time, you get this really weird motivation from baby boomer landlords that just went through the whole pandemic, went through the, the, the eviction moratorium and they're like throwing their hands up saying, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So it's, it, we live in a weird, really weird time where there's motivation, but the, the housing market seems to be really, really hot. Like it's, it, it's, it's really weird. I, I've never seen this before. So, well, I don't think anyone has, I mean, it's, it's yeah. the question that everyone's asking themselves is, you know, where, where does this end? And, you know, I think that just from my perspective, there's still opportunities out there. There's plenty yeah. because, you know, even as interest rates rise up, it's, it's still the inflation has gone up so high that your rents are insane. And yeah. there's homes are still very difficult to buy. So you have 
people that can't afford homes, they have to rent. And if you deliver a product to them in your rehabs that are, mm-hmm. that they, they really like as an alternative to a home, it's a much easier, you know, they, the barrier to entry isn't as high so they can right. get into your, your rentals. And so you're seeing, you know, high levels of occupancy, except for the, you know, pandemic related delinquency. Right. And you're seeing a situation where there's, yeah, prices are rising, but you, I still will be a little bit of a cool off, I think, with these interest rates rising up. Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to impact something. But, you know, the Fed can only go so quick on that. And so it's going to, we'll see a little bit of cooling off, but there's still, you know, there's still a ton of opportunity out there in the market. So I'm curious, Sam, you got into that area and you got, you got 75 rental doors that year. Did you start to expand other markets or did you just find alternative ways to purchase properties in that market? Yeah. What was kind of your next step? Yeah. So we, we dabbled with short-term rentals a little bit and then the pandemic happened and we're like, oh crap, right? Like, all, everything just shut down, right? Like travel and everything. So we pretty much sold the, the, the short-term rental property and, and that was the end of the story. We've done flips along the way, fix and flips, which was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's sexy, right? Like you know, you see it, you, you see it on HDTV or TLC or whatever. It's, it, it's nice to do, but when I get to the core of it, I just love the consistent cash flow that comes in. Buy and hold is, I think is the way to go. I know people can argue with me all the day, all day long, like fix and place better. My, I like my cash flow that comes in every month. So yeah, I, I mean, ever since now, so we, we took a little bit of hiatus, sold some of the properties, and now we're just revamping our syndication company and then we're going to be going buying more. So we're actually looking at a 108 unit apartment building. I'm not going to tell you where, but you know, we're looking at in the vicinity of our area. And so, yeah, so we're back in the game. Cool. Well, along the way, you, you made the decision to really go into the social media world. And you said that that was kind of your advantage at getting into it. And I'm just curious you know, in what ways did you utilize social media to become successful in the business, whether it's finding deals or yeah. raising capital? And just how did you how did you go about it? Yeah. So, I mean, this was a huge blessing for us. And I think this is what kept us. I mean, we thrived during the pandemic. Thank God. Like, I, I know a lot of my friends and peers, are, they were, I mean, hurting from the, the pandemic and, and just a lot of different things. But we doubled in our revenue in some of the other businesses we have throughout the pandemic. I mean, I, I mean, we're super lucky, but social media has really been, especially YouTube has been the tip of the spear for us. Cause like we got to raise a ton of money from YouTube, just from people like that, that are subscribed to us and they love us. And they reach out to, to us and say, Hey Sam, like, I want to invest with you. I, I know you're in real estate. How can I get, how can I participate in some of the opportunities on your end? Like I'm, I met Hollywood stars through YouTube. I met people like I, I, I would have never met in my dream. Like that are interested in what we do, you know, met a professional boxer that we raised capital from. So YouTube has been a, a very powerful thing for us, building trust, especially there's a lot of noise out there right now on social media and attention is the name of the game. So, you know, we've been able to sell courses, consulting, coaching. We now launched a media company and then of course, you know, raising a ton of capital. And then occasionally we get people, they send us deals through email and say, Hey, you know, I follow you guys on YouTube, but here's a deal that I found. So, I mean, literally it, it does, YouTube is, it, it does all of our heavy lifting for our reach and credibility, trust, whole nine yard. But, you know, it does come with the price of like people doing negative stuff about you, you know, negative comments on YouTube. But, you know, I, I tend to ignore those and just focus on the positive. So, yeah. And when did you get started with your channel? 
Yeah. So we got started back in 2015 and like, it was more so dabbling, but we didn't get serious until like 2018. So 2018, we got really serious and actually had a, you know, like content strategy actually started uploading consistently. And then it wasn't until after pandemic, we hired on a, a consultant, a coach, and then we've really been dialing in. So after we hired the coach, we went from 180,000 subscribers to 260,000 subscribers in like four or five months. And then yeah, at the pace we're in, like I think next by next year, this time we're going to be at million subscribers. So we're just cranking it in, and that's that's where I think that's where most of my time goes now is just creating content. So, yeah. So what what is the basis of your content? Like what what types of content are you putting out there for the viewers? Yeah, it's it, so we started out with just an educational real estate content, right? Like a lot of how tos. It's weird because I think YouTube that type of content is so saturated. You know, there's a lot of how-to videos out there. I mean, you, you can probably find dozens of how-to on the same topic, same thing. There's so much of that. I think we, we've shifted from the how-tos to now being more of commentary and like ex- expose. So we're, we're definitely more in the style of Joe Rogan, where we, we talk about you know the current events, oddly enough. And so we went from a real estate resource channel to being more of a, like a polyfinance commentary channel. So like we just did a video on like how much did Pfizer profit from this pandemic, which like, you know I mean? Like we just exposed like what they did and, and what they're doing. And so, yeah, we, we definitely lean in a particular, in a particular way in terms of, of political uh, spectrum. But what, what I find to be true is that a lot of people who invest with us, who buy our coaching courses, whatever, uh, they also tend to lean a certain way in, in the political spectrum. So I mean, they, they fall in love with us even more, like just because we, we have, you know, there's a commonality in that as well. So, so that's what we're talking about lately. And yeah, and we, we kind of sprinkle a little bit of real estate stuff in there, but not, not at all as much. So, yeah. Why do you think that is? That's a, that's a good question. So it, it's gotten to be where, and, and I'll speak from the heart, you know, a lot, a lot of times you look at even people who want to do real estate, right? People who want to get wealthy, people who want to grow to, to be financial independent. You know, you don't really find that from the political left, right? Uh, a lot of times the political left are saying, well, we need, we need the government to take care of us. We need our leaders to take care of us. And like, we need to have socialism and, and we need to tax the rich. And, and that's, you know, we, we need some of that money. Whereas what I find in, in the conservative circles, it's, you know, it's all about independence. Like we need to grow wealth. We need to grow our businesses. We need to have the freedom to make our own decisions for investment and let, you know, have the government out of the way. So, you know, I find, I find a lot of people who want to be successful in real estate tend to lean towards right and more conservative, definitely more, you know, they think more capitalistically than your typical political left. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying all political left, they, they, they think that way, but it's just the tendencies that I'm pointing out. So therefore, I'm kind of connecting the dots a little bit where, where I, I'm not necessarily talking about real estate, but people, when we have that certain conservative type messaging, they naturally have that in the back of, back of their minds where they, they want to grow their wealth. I mean, they don't want to retire with a job, right? Or, or debt or any of that. So we hit the conservative circle and the, the audience and then they later find out we're in real estate and they're like, oh, uh, these guys are in real estate and these, these guys are really good at it. Maybe I should reach out to them. So, so our, our top of the funnel, if you will, like we try to hit as, as much in the masses as possible, not just the people who are interested in real estate per se, but we try to hit as much as possible, right? In that, 
the big circle. And then we tell them about, hey, this is what we do. And this is you know why you should get into real estate and so on. So that's kind of our strategy now where we're not necessarily going after people who love real estate. You know, common example is bigger pockets, right? They 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 know their audience and they target people that are in real estate, but become a little bit more from a political, the freedom, like, hey, if you love freedom, like follow our channel. That's kind of the angle that that we work in. So I'm really excited about our mentoring program because of the results that we're achieving for our students. It's really the only program out there that guarantees results, meaning that we can guarantee you're going to do your first deal in the first 12 months. And uh, no one else does that. And we can do that because we have figured out the blueprint to getting people to do your first deal. So if you value mentorship and you feel like it can accelerate your goals, allow you to scale bigger and avoid the expensive mistakes, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. You can, ch- you can schedule a call with us there, a strategy session and see if mentoring is right for you. That's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. You started kind of down that path and then you made the pivot into more of like, let's talk about you know, real world things that are current. And so yeah. is your, has your audience changed, would you say from, from you st- when you started with real estate to now, as far as your investor base that you're pulling? Yeah. From? Yeah, for sure. So I can tell you like, so our channel shares the same audience as Joe Rogan, you know, people who watch the blaze, like Glenn Beck, Steven Crowder, some daily wire crowd, like, like people who follow Ben Shapiro. There's also people who oddly enough, like who listen and follow Russell Brand, which is like the like last the last person you would think about, like when it comes to like political commentary. But it's it's really odd. Like, and I know like Russell's perspective have changed over the years, but yeah, a totally different crowd. And the crowd that we I think we attract are people who are skeptical of the establishment, the healthy skepticism of the authority, crony capitalism, of the what you know of big government, right? So, but those are the people that you know, really like have the capacity for critical thinking and they want to get, you know, wealthy through the right means. So our audience has shifted oddly enough, but I'm kind of in that audience in a way, but yeah, like that's, that's kind of where I am with, with our channel. That's awesome. So you got, you have that, that new kind of setup with, within, how do you go about converting people into, is, is your primary source? So you have obviously like different verticals that you're going with, with the channel. Yeah. And then this channel kind of feeds everything, right? So that's yeah. similar. I mean, we're set up similarly, quite honestly, but through a podcast vertical, our, our podcast is kind of our biggest voice, right? right. Um, so how do you take those people and I guess convert them into your different, you, you just guys just do shout outs. Do you have other ways that you kind of capture those and, and cultivate relationships? I'm curious about that. Yeah. Basically, you know, we, we do shout outs. We're careful, we're, we're careful with the shout outs because we don't want to have people leave our platform or leave YouTube platform. We want them to keep watching the videos. That's that's kind of that's kind of how you mm-hmm. get the virality going. What happens is like all the videos that we we filmed a while ago about real estate and finances, they tend to resurface as people watch our channel. So, like, for example, let's say you go to our channel, watch two or three videos about the current events and stuff. And then all of a sudden you'll get another video recommended that's from our channel, but something that we filmed like three years ago about how to raise capital. And then and that's kind of how like a little bit of backdoor or side door approach of someone going from watching our current current videos into something that's a little bit older, but still relevant. I would say more of an evergreen video. So that's kind of how they enter into our world and, and transact with us. But 
but yeah, we, we do, we do occasional shout outs. We also have links in the video description down below where they can go download stuff and buy our books and stuff. So that's, that's really been it. I mean, we were pretty subtle with that. We don't want we don't want our channel turning into a pitch fest. So, so we try to keep it subtle and soft handed underhanded kind of way. So you, you really, what you did is you just built a platform. Yeah. Build an audience. Just a, just a, a monster platform for you guys. And just curious, like, how did you, how did you guys learn how to do it? Was it just all organic or it was just kind of picking up one thing? Did you pay someone and absorb an amount of money to, to teach you? Just love to hear more about that. Yeah. So in, in the beginning, it was a lot of organic, just test and trial, figuring things out. What I would call video hacks. So I would go and see other, what other channels are doing and try to co- like model basically what they're doing, like their style, their thumbnail, whatever. And then eventually we had some resources to go and pay a coach and consultant along the way. Right now we're working with a guy named Daryl Eves. I don't know if, if that name rings a bell, but he, he wrote a book called The YouTube Formula. And he's also worked with guys like Mr. Beast, Mark Rover, like, like any big channel that you follow on YouTube, whatever you follow, he's, he's probably had a consult or had a hand on working with them. So he, I know he's worked with Mr. Beast pretty closely, helped Mr. Beast get to like what, 90 million subscribers now. It's like, it's freaking insane, but like he's, he's been helping us a lot just on how to, how to tell a story, like story formatting, how to execute a thumbnail strategy, like when to release videos, like the whole nine yards. So it's probably why we we've grown so quickly. Like the velocity and the momentum of how quickly we're growing is probably due to the coaching. So again, like find someone who's really good at it and pay them a lot of money to teach you. That's really what it comes down to. So that's, that's a really cool strategy. So you're, you're just not afraid to get out there. You're like, listen, if I invest this amount in myself and just take action on, on whatever the advice is, it's going to yield to even bigger results. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spend 20, 30 years figuring it out when I can just go pay someone and figure it out in six months. It seems kind of silly to me. Like some people choose the long way thinking they're saving money, but like, I don't have 30 years to like, to want to make millions of dollars. Right. I, I, I want to make millions of dollars next year. Right. So I want to pay someone now who's figured it out and then be able to compress all that time down to such, you know, into a fraction of what it would take for me to figure it out myself. And then, so it's, it's just, yeah, I, I like, I think that's probably the biggest, what's holding a lot of people back from true success and multiplying their wealth. So that's kind of the theme of this podcast right now. Like so pay someone that's good at it. Here, here's my other side of this. Okay. So I know people that do that and then they don't actually execute on it. So why do you think that happens? Yeah. So it, it's, it's all about the mindset of like, it's not a lottery ticket. You're not buying a genie in a lamp. Just, that's not what you're doing, right? It still takes work. It's just like, like for example, when I paid Daryl and his team to coach me, really what I what I was paying for was sure his experience, his knowledge, and all that. But more so a parameter until in ways where like this is this is gonna be the the parameter where I'm gonna work in. Whereas like if I had to try to figure it out, like the parameter, like the guardrail for me having to figure it out would have been like this wide, right? Like I would literally have to try all these different variables within this guardrail to hit one and be like, okay, we, we got it, right? Whereas like Daryl brought this, the, the, the guardrail from here to like down to this. So like, I just need to do a couple things here. And yes, it takes work and it, it takes a lot of hard work, but the hard work to effectiveness ratio is tighter when I hire someone to do that. And that's the, the and that's the, that's kind of the sad thing where I know people out there spend 30, 50 grand on coaching programs. 
and they're like just they just sit there and they don't they don't do anything and they're like okay when is when is the success coming it's just not how it works right you got to go and apply the work but it is so much better than you having to go and figure it out and it takes 100 years to do it so it's still a lot of work but it's a lot of work in the right direction if that makes sense so you work with your brother yeah and first of all what what made you choose that direction to work with a family member because that's definitely a very interesting path yeah. and then and then yeah. how did you guys decide who was going to do what? Yeah. So there's definitely pros and cons of working with your family, but like it kind of fell to this decision of like, we had, we had really, really had no other choice. It was because what ended up happening is this is a little bit of a, bit of a personal background story, but my parents, so we originally immigrated here, but my parents left the country to take another job back in our home country, which is South Korea. So they left us in 2015 and that was like a year after we decided to launch our real estate business. So they left. So we have no safety net, right? Like we, we couldn't go home and ask mom and dad for money, right? It was just me and my brother and, and that was it. And we're, we were pretty much left to fend for ourselves and grow our own you know, wealth and, and build our own thing. So it was kind of a no choice, but, and, and we definitely had a rough start. Like, I mean, we were blaming each other. There were, there were a lot of moments where, you know, there would be fights, arguments that happens. But what was interesting is that because we were brothers, like we couldn't like, we couldn't like quote unquote break up, right? We couldn't just say, all right, sign our, you get out, you know, we'll go, we'll go on our own way, which could have happened. But I think we stuck through and really worked that worked it out, you know, the, the friction and, and all that. It gave it really gave us the opportunity to also just be self-aware of who we are. And then ultimately, like to your question of like, how did you figure out who, who does what? It became very apparent that I'm very much of a systems implementation. I'm a more of a marketing guy, whereas Daniel is de definitely more of a team. You know, he he can rally the troops, he can go build relationships. So he he's he's more so the guy that goes out and raises money because he can kind of talk his way in. Whereas like I build all the systems, the marketing, uh, the strategy behind what we're doing, and uh, a lot of the how tos, and that's kind of where our lanes are built to where he, he does what he does great at. And I do what I do great at. And we have teams. And so it took time for us to get to that, that point of where like, we're, we're that aware, but I mean, now we, we have a very well oiled machine in terms of our working relationship. So, yeah. So you guys had like a rocky start, but it was, it was kind of like, well, there's nothing else we could do at this point. Right. I mean, it's like marriage, right? Yeah. It's like marriage. Like in the beginning, like you guys are going to cry, you know, you're, you're married, right? I have a fiance. Okay. So yeah. you're going to realize that there's, there's these clashes. Like I'm, I'm married. This is my fourth year. And like, oh my gosh, man, like there's, there's like, it's just this all day long. And, but like, but it, it, it does smoothen me out. Like in, in my own, like my own weaknesses that I have and the blind spots that I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not aware of your, your spouse is going to bring that out. But like in, even in a business partnership or business relationship, it's the same thing is they're going to reveal a lot more about you than like you knowing about them. It, it's kind of interesting how that works. So, yeah. And, and in our business quite a bit, there's partners that uh, it's, it's more of a partnership induced business than, than it's not often enough. You see it all the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, my first partnership as everyone's pretty aware at this point, just, just completely failed when I was like at the height of my first part of my career, just boom, blew up. And, mm -hmm. and then I had to unwind all of that. And it was, it was right. major pain, but I, I went back into it 
and found new partners that were more aligned and learned from the last one. And I, I think it's, it's pretty cool that you guys started out Rocky and then you were able to figure it out that way. And now you're, now you're like, okay, well, you figure out how to work together. You figure right. out who does what and how we can manage our relationships and the differences that we have. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And, and so often it'll start out, which you'll see probably more common than, than that situation is so everything's great. And then it yeah, gets yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. You start to find like stuff that's annoying about your partner or like, why the heck does he do that? Like, like why is he driving me nuts? Like, why did he, why does he need to ask me questions? And then like, sometimes egos get in the way, like who needs to be first. Right. Like, you know, so I, I've learned to dial that down a lot. Like, and we just brought another partner in for another business we have. And, and I struggle a little bit because th this partner is a little bit more detail oriented than I am. So, you know, he's all, he's asking all these questions like, Hey, like, what if this happens? What if that happens? I'm like, it bothered me a little bit, but like, I've, I've kind of gotten around that where like, okay, he he's taking care of all the detail stuff where I can take care of all the big picture stuff. So yeah, I mean, you just got to get, you guys got to, you got to be able to actually take the time to formulate and build that relationship and, and don't like, don't drop the ball at the first sign of friction and conflict. Cause it, it just happens. Like that's, that's just how bonding is built over time. But yeah, I, I know a lot of people, unfortunately, they, they don't build very successful businesses because they just don't, they don't want to do that. They, they, they want to kind of do this thing by themselves and, and it's kind of fortunate. So. Yeah. I, I really feel like you can go further faster with a partner. Yeah. Um, and 100%. even though I went through the um, monster breakup and it was painful and it was horrible yeah. uh, at one point I was, I was able to find the courage to go back into it again, because I just knew I would get further. And I definitely couldn't be in the position I'm at right now. If I didn't find yeah. uh, Michael and Drew, because we, we all kind of needed each other and didn't really know it at the time. And then it, it mm -hmm. came and it was like pouring gasoline on a fire. And that was something looking back, I was just trying to squabble around and it's like, Oh, I've got some excess cash. Let me buy a deal. Mm -hmm. Like I'll let's go buy a 50 unit by myself or whatever it was. Yeah. And, you know, getting to 1500 units without a partner now, again, again, after having 3,400 and falling out, was just not, not even feasible. So yeah, it, it's something that, you know, and, and you even, you're like, we brought a partner on a different part of our business or a different business that we have. I mean, it's just cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Sam, really interesting stuff, man. How can people find you if uh, they want to get a hold of you? Yeah. So it used to be Instagram, but now not anymore. <laughs> Instagram, I got deleted off my phone. Like I was just, I, I got, I get too distracted on Instagram. So you can find me on Facebook, Sam Quag official. That's the the username. It's the same thing for Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, that's cool, but I, I don't pay attention. I haven't posted anything in a very long time. So Facebook, also YouTube, I, I guess you can find me on LinkedIn as well, but like, I don't use LinkedIn as well. So like, yeah, Facebook's probably the easiest, like DM me and I do check. I do check the other box, right? So reach out to me there and, and I, yeah, I'm there. Great. Sam, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Guys, some very key takeaways from the interview that I loved is how Sam talked about paying someone big to learn from them. And I think that that is just a huge thing. So you can do it a bunch of different ways, but you want a direct line in? to getting on in some, think about this. People are going to pay the most attention to you. If, if someone comes up to you and they're like, Hey, I want to give you a thousand dollars for an hour of your time. Think about 
how much time you're going to actually focus on that hour to make sure that, that person's getting all that they can out of whatever you're an expert in. And so doing something like that can really change your trajectory as long as you take advantage of the information that you're getting. And that's the point is that it's not, it's not just a lottery ticket, but you can pay people for their knowledge and they will, they will think about how they're going to respond to you in, the, in that moment and likely give you some of the best information that you've ever gotten. So I love how Sam talks about that. Also, I, I really enjoyed how he spoke about partnerships and how he did it was he, he just kind of was like, listen, we're married. We have no choice. We have to work out our differences, figure this out. And then they actually figured out how to work together better. And partnerships can be a really tricky thing. It's, it's definitely like a marriage. They stuck through it. And I've seen it go both ways. But I think that what the way that they did it was definitely very interesting. And, and sometimes you just got to commit. Don't be afraid of partnerships. It's something you can, you can, just like anything, it's like a relationship. It could fall apart, but you learn a ton in the process. I definitely know that myself. Really liked how they talked about who does what inside their company. Sam said that he's more the marketing guy. His brother's more of a, a personable person, does can raise money and, and stuff like that. So overall, these guys really have a lot of cool stuff going on. I really enjoyed about how they built their platform. Platform seems to be this common thing and you see people having a ton of success because you can sell all kinds of things from that platform, but it gives people a really good insight to connect with you and figure out who you really are. They're, you're going to get, people are going to get to know you with a platform basically without you even knowing who they are. And it has that reach is just incredible. So really love Sam's story. And if you guys want to get involved in either mentorship or the platform program, you can reach out, go to Michael's page, www.themichaelblanc.com and learn how you can get involved in either mentorship or the, or the platform program. Uh, it's all there for you guys. So I hope you guys learned something on the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, head over to themichaelblanc.com vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault.